Hey everybody, welcome back to the Combat Chain. I am your host, Patrick. Not so fast, Adam. Surgical extraction is surgical extraction. But the booster box could be anything. It could even be a surgical extraction. You know how much I've wanted one of those? I'll take the box! Shaw, and with me as always, is my co-host, Adam, the high-profile free agent, Philip Chuck. Adam, how are we doing today? We're doing good, Pat. Dynasty came out on Friday. We've opened uh, a, t- a ton of boxes. Uh, it's been super fun. We get this on six, or I guess four cases, 16 boxes. I've opened, guess how many Marvels? Uh, 10. One. One Marvel. These pull rates are just atrocious. Um, uh, one, yeah. What Marvel it, was it? What was it? it, it what was it? <laughs> The 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 the, uh, the the crouching tiger, crouching tiger Marvel, good one, good one. I got the uh, uh, the mech one. I got the Iron Man suit. Uh, so Ooh. happy about that. I also I got the Hanabi blaster and the merciless battle axe. I traded away the battle axe and some pack of gum for uh, uh, the black tech whispers uh, are coming my way. So nice. I'm happy about nice that. There's more down. than a pack of gum. I I made it equitable uh, for my trading partner. Uh, but it, it worked out pretty well. And I accidentally opened up a place of surgical extractions. So social media is, is going through, uh, going through a firestorm right now. Uh, uh, most likely because, uh, our guest this week may have just bought it out. I don't know if he wants to fluctuate the market. Um, but our guest this week is in fact, uh, Mr. Fino Black. Uh, Fino has had a breakout run during the calling Indianapolis, piloting his Prism deck to a near undefeated record, going into the finals against eventual champion, some guy named Michael Hamilton. He has been certainly accumulating wins before then, but since uh, since that, he has been on a tear. Top 64 Pro Tour New Jersey, top 8 Pro Tour Lil, 10th calling Charlotte. He won the Commoner event in, P- in uh, New Jersey to get the lore book. Uh, and along the way, he's been recognized as one of the biggest personalities and best players on the pro circuit. Please welcome Fino Black to the program. Fino, welcome to the combat chain. Why is surgical extraction so much? You know, is it like short printed? I, I th- it, uh, you know, rumor has it uh, Steelfer uh, was on uh, Twitter posting some some stuff that the the pull rates are super low, but uh, someone bought them out off a card market over in UK, and yeah, they're running about like forty bucks a pop right now. Because, like, anecdotally, they seem short printed. I opened two in, uh, what was it like 54 boxes or something? Mm-hmm. Like, I had two cases, full playset. So I'm all set. I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. Must be nice. Must be nice. Uh, Better luck missing, even good. Ah. Missing, story of my life. Story of my life. Um, <laughs> Before before we get uh, too far with Fino, I just want to uh, take a little news break here. Uh, LSS recently sent their apology to the UK player base for disrupting Nationals weekend uh, earlier this year uh, amongst the confusion surrounding the death of Queen Elizabeth. Uh, and uh, their apology was a promo version of the card Regicide. Uh, so <laughs> New Zealand really taking the, the real final parting shot over over the bow to Great Britain. Uh, Great Britain. Uh, have you guys have you guys seen? Did you hear about that? I thought that was a joke. Did that actually happen? Uh, it's enough for me to say it. I'm assuming it is. 
<laughs> I, I'll tell you what, I've I've only done superficial research on it, but I've seen it in more than one spot, so I called it good. Some uh, Fox News research? Eh, someone said it. Yeah. It probably happened. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, someone had someone said it. Someone else said it, but it was it was good enough probably. for me. Hopefully, it's true because it makes the joke really really good. <laughs> um, but uh, no one escapes the origin story. Fino, uh, who the hell are you, and how the hell did you get here? I, I don't I don't know how I got here, man. I'm just some ape. I I'm a casual EDH player. Um, I I don't know how I've gotten this far. I'm just monkeying my way through these tournaments. Um, I got into the game uh, back during Monarch Unlimited because my magic scene died. The store that all my boys played at closed during the pandemic. And I tried getting back together my EDH group to play at uh, just somewhere else. Just like, hey, message everyone, let's start getting back together again now that the pandemic's cooling off. Uh, and no one was interested in playing anymore. Just everyone's lives had changed. People moved on. So I was like, oh, I kind of need something else to do. And then this game looked cool. Uh, the professor made a video about it. Then they announced the Pro Tour, Pro Circuit, whatever. The pyramid thing. Uh, announcing mm-hmm. all the yeah, or, yeah the organized play structure. Yeah, to, with the Pro Tour and World Championship. Yeah. And then I saw Channel Fireball was picking it up. And they don't normally pick up games. So I'm like, all right, give it a try. Uh, and kind of hit the ground running of, as far as just like the game was a lot of fun and I was having a good time with it and was doing well at the uh, RTNs and everything. Uh, I was just having a good time playing the game. It was honestly my first time playing a competitive card game in a very long time. I um, Last time I played competitive card games was like maybe 10 years ago. So, And I, I was not good. So <laughs> c- competitive air quotes. Um, I just been enjoying playing the game, making friends, just having fun with the game. It's a very... The game is so great, so well designed. I, I just, it's an absolute love letter to to gamers. Now, you you really were you seem to have really taken to this to the game quickly because you you were winning RTNs, and uh, from what I understand, still still trying to uh, trying to wrap your head around some of the mechanics and still learning the game as you go. But collecting uh, gold foils uh, on the way. What what about what about the game specifically? Kind of draws you in. Oh. I'll have you know, I've never won anything other than that commoner event. I don't have a single living legend point to my name. You you can That's... thank me for prism sticking along around as long as you did. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you you among uh, uh, many seem to have taken the taken the aforementioned dive uh, to keep prism alive for as long as as possible. <laughs> Everyone congregating on on Twitter. No, thank me. You can thank me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, Living Legend system uh, is broken. I'm incentivized to not win if I want to keep playing my deck. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so you you are uh, was Prism it for you from day one? Uh, oh, hundred percent. I uh, when I first got in, I got the uh, went on TCG player and I got the uh, the brick of uh, Monarch Blitz decks, uh-huh. and I sat down to play with my buddy. Uh, James and I picked up Prism first. I went, she's cute. Let's play her. Um, I like angels and stuff. Um, I played one game and we looked at each other, run it back, one more game. And then after our second game, we're like, so we're going deep, right? This game is fantastic. And <laughs> I've literally been a Prism simp since my first game. Just the deck was so much fun to play. Uh, got more 
more fun once the Aorus came out. Uh, then it then it really kind of took shape as like the complete idea. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, right, 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 right. Or Everfest Aorus and that uh, that meadow with Starvo Prism uh, Viscerai. I do want to get in the community the first community question uh, by uh, Gary, aka Mr. Viz, who's been uh, between the two of you blowing up the combat chains. Uh, notifications. He asks, <laughs> "Why is Fino Black the second best simp in the biz?" And yeah, it sounds more like a challenge uh, than a question. I mean, it's not much of a challenge. I don't see him taking a knee to keep keep his hero around. Fortunately, he doesn't have to. <laughs> that, I guess the real question is, do you have a yellow full body suit to match his uh, purple? No, but I want to get a prison body pillow. <laughs> that would that I, would, I keep, to, that would keep to, parody for sure. I, I, I'm, I'm, I need to commission someone to make me one. <laughs> so you've had uh, you, you've had a hell of a run uh, in Flesh and Blood right now. How much of your world revolves around this game at the moment? I I would say like a hundred percent of my life outside of like family, friends, not not even friends, like literally just family. Um, I I buy and sell cards for a living and have for a long time. Um, so like I'm just always surrounded by card game stuff. And so now my my days are just playing the game, researching the game, buying and selling, trading, uh, doing a lot of community stuff to like uh, teach people the game and like help build the local community, and everything, uh, which I, I know is a question you have coming up here. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, just like literally Every day of the week, I'm doing fab stuff now, uh, uh, unless it's I'm doing stuff with family. Uh, and even a bit of that has turned into that. Like, <laughs> it's so cute. My mom and my grandma now follow me and all these things. They're always like watching the streams, trying to be like, when's when's he going to be on? When's he going to be on? And I'm, I never in a million years thought that my family would be supporting me on this stuff. Just uh, it's crazy to see that. But yeah, the, the game has just fully taken over my life. Now, did that uh, before? Was that the trajectory before the calling Indianapolis? Obviously, the calling the calling came, and you 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 blew up, right? Uh, I'm from the same state as you, and I knew who you were uh, because of the results that you were putting up locally. And then uh, we head into the calling Indianapolis, and all of a sudden, you're your top seed. You're you're in your past day one. You're in day two. You're still remaining top seed. Uh, you're you're kicking ass, you're taking names, and no one can stop talking about Fino Black on stream in the announcement uh, in the announcers booth. Uh, you know, basically everywhere, and that that culminated in your like hour and fifteen minute match with Michael Hamilton uh, in the finals. Um, how much how much impact did that calling actually have on on I suppose where you stand today? I guess quite a bit. I honestly. Uh only went to that calling to grind out some extra xp i was planning on just going uh scrubbing out day one and trying to get some xp from that and then playing side events there because i thought that i was going to be going to pt1 off of xp um and then i ended up getting an invite at one of the last pro quests uh and then i was also still uh, i was also already there on xp so i was like oh I guess I'm. I already paid for this trip. I'm just kind of going for fun at this point. I wasn't planning on like doing good. Uh, you know, at this point, I'm like, oh, I'm just a, some casual scrub going to something. I, I'm not expecting to do well. Um, 
I mean, yeah, that, that was impactful and everything. Um, mostly because the the memes and uh, and all that. That was that was a that was a good time. Uh, <laughs> I, I I enjoy that the community is slowly turning into a meme fest of. Uh, I forget who who said it. It was either Fluke or Flake. Maybe it was someone else. I don't remember anymore. Uh, maybe it was Jason. But they were like, it's almost like being a top player now. Uh, getting memed on is like a rite of passage. And I I like that the game has turned into that because uh, for a lot of people, it's like really good for them too. Like, you know, if you, you just top something and and then fade into obscurity, that's like whatever. But like getting memed on, like, oh, pe- like it gets your name out there. People will know you and remember you. And it's fun. I, I I enjoy all of that. It's I enjoy the memes, the funnies, and it helps build a good community feeling because most of the time it's in good fun and good spirits. And um, you know, sometimes you have your odd person here and there that's like maybe goes a little bit too far, but most of the time it, it's good fun and I don't know. It's it's good for the community. I think. Speaking of community, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back a few times. Uh, I want to stay here for a bit. Uh, but our uh, second community question is uh, by Clark Jansen, and he asks states, I guess. Uh, please explain to the people how you built the fab scene in your area. For the people who don't uh, have a local place to play, uh, what can they do to fix that problem themselves? Um, I built it very aggressively. Um, by literally going to my friend's house is, uh, at some points and just being like, so you're playing this game now, right? Um, <laughs> I, I, when I first started, um, no one played the game in the area. I, so I started a week one playing the game by going with Jimmy to literally like every store in driving distance that was, had anything on their calendar or just stores that like, I don't see that they're running anything, but I have a good relationship with the store and I just want to talk to them about the game mm-hmm. and just trying to figure out like, is there a community anywhere? And it was like maybe a few people here and there, but nothing really. Um, and like, I started up an armory at uh, one of the stores that I uh, do stuff at. And at the beginning it was literally just the two of us and one other person, Tony. Uh, so like there was no community at first. Um, and I just basically went to all my magic friends, all my other card game friends, and just sh- very aggressively was like, do you have a moment for our Lord and Savior flesh and blood? And just <laughs> taught them the game. Um, and I've, I haven't had a single person that I've showed the game to, like a, that has like actually sat down to play the game, like the first game with me, that hasn't gotten into the game since then. Like I, I have 100% success rate of showing the people the game and them going, yeah, I'll play this game and them getting in. And then like when I'm at stuff and I see players playing other games, if they're not doing anything, I'll be like, hey, you want to out? I'll just sit there with the like I, I always carry the Ira learn to play decks on me and I'll just sit there oh, teaching uh-huh. people. Um, my man, that, that was one that. Yeah, that is my favorite way to play this game is the Ira welcome deck. That has been a recurring <laughs> topic on this pod. Let's let's play next time. Yes. I had a an amazing moment at uh worlds where uh i got to play against jacob pearson in the uh the ira learn to play oh. meta we were uh i don't know if you guys saw the picture i posted with like uh us at the coffee shop on the last day um I th- yeah after- so you had flake tan and and sam yang and yep yeah um after that we just sat there playing ira games it was 
such an incredible moment of just like i can't believe i'm sitting here doing this right now in a coffee shop with jacob pearson just like oh my god how has my life come to this just it's incredible but um i digress um i don't know i just i'm always willing to talk about the game anyone's like hey what are you playing i start preaching and people will be interested because like i'm so passionate about it that usually people are like all right uh, you seem to really enjoy this game i'll give it a try if you're willing to teach me um and then like i, I go out of my way to make sure that people stay with the game of like I don't just teach them the game and then abandon them. Like, all right, go figure it out on your own, idiot. <laughs> I, uh, like, we we do a lot of teaching in our area. Like, I honestly spend most of my time at the armories just sitting there teaching people, shadowing them, trying to explain to them how to think about turn cycles, how to, like, play their hands better, or, like, you know, explaining to them, like, oh, like, you, you, you don't take this line because that's not what matters in this matchup and, like, how to set up your your end game plan in this matchup and just like just sitting there teaching people so that way they can find success when they go to the the next thing like i'm in the middle of trying to get some people ready for the uh the next pro quest season uh in january everyone's so, trying to figure out new decks to play that actually that brings up a really interesting side question idea that uh, i've been exploring lately because um what what this game needs like flesh and blood needs to survive the over the next few years now is onboarding that 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 larger player base and like the the semi-casual players and uh where i'm kind of going with this is the game right now is by nature a fairly competitive game and like in our local we've been struggling with um certainly scaring people away for a few different reasons though like the 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 scenes very uh, welcoming and very um, pleasant and we're happy to show people um, just the compete level alone sometimes is enough to scare people away and I like right away what you're saying about um, uh, you, you you do a lot of shadowing and I think that um, having people kind of like guided through this concept of how turn cycles can work in flesh and blood and different things like that help overcome those first initial hurdles but one hurdle that I'm I, I'm curious to ask you about uh, that I've observed is just like even for the more um, like anybody who who has that that competitive drive uh, or uh, a, a thirst to play good games, they'll buy in quite quickly. They they'll feel that the the they'll feel the that there's a good game here, and then they they want to dive into it and explore it. But for that casual um, kitchen table player, how do you get them to buy into the idea that, hey, yes, this is a really good game, but you might have to put in a little bit of work and overcome a few uh, hurdles to, to get there? And it, it, I think and that's where that is part of because unfortunately, that's part of where this game is really set apart from flesh or from magic, where magic you can you can fumble your way into wins and in flesh and blood like when you start to play against people who know what they're doing it, it's hard to win by accident hmm. yeah um we definitely get a lot of that i would say that the people that the people that i interact with getting into the game kind of fall into like three different psychographics you know, you got that like tournament grinder spike that like 
I just want that sense of competitiveness with the game. And that, like you said, that's easy. Yeah. You show them the game's good. You show them the OP system. They're like, I don't need anything else. I'm set. Yeah, they're, they, they buy it. They'll figure it out. Um, and then you have the casual player, like you're you're talking about, where they just want to have fun. And then you have other people that are um, uh, an odd one that like you don't immediately think about, probably uh, people just looking for a community. Where there's a lot of people that like I found because like I, I I mess around sometimes with the more obscure card games, or at least interact with these people a lot. Um, and I find a lot of them will like bounce from card game to card game to card game to card game, and they just want to play a game, but then they don't like Magic or Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! And they're just kind of like looking for a sense of community, place where they belong and they fit in. So like, and that's not something that the card game itself is going to provide. That's more of just like having a good community, a good group, a welcoming community. And we have a lot of people like that in, in our group where like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, they're not happy if they're losing, obviously, but they're not like, completely distraught if they're losing consistently because at the end of the day they're more happy that they have a a like a second family type of thing and i've worked very hard to make sure that our group kind of feels like that where we we take care of each other and look out for each other and everyone's very wholesome to each other like at jersey we had a little a, a great wholesome moment that i saw where everyone in my group without telling anyone that each other that this was happening, all started doing secret Santa for each other. And they were all running around trying to get little gifts for each other and trying to hide it from everyone else in the group so no one would know. And this was just completely unplanned. It just happened, and I just happened to be witnessing it going on. And like, and that's not easy to to build a community like that. that I, I can't explain how to really do that, but just like nurturing it and making sure like, you know, this is this is how we are in this group. Like, we we don't we don't tolerate just being jerks and stuff. We're welcoming, we're accepting, we teach, we, you know, we, the whole the whole thing. And niceness begets niceness type of thing. But um, for the casual player, I find that that is more difficult. I tend to lean into um, pushing them into character identity for that, where... Uh, usually your casual player, so like think of like an EDH player, they're going to gravitate towards certain things in that game where they can find um, connection with. Like I, I feel some sort of connection with this deck, some sort of self-expression that I get through it. Classic Johnny player. Um, it's very easy to do that in this game if you can get them to find a connection with a specific hero where they don't care if they win or lose. They had fun because they're playing that hero. That was me with Prism. Like, I didn't care if I won or lost. I'm playing Prism. Every game is a f so much fun for me playing Prism. Um, so, like, for those players, I'll usually start talking to them and be like, what do you like to play in RPGs? Um, do you play any other games? What do you gravitate towards those games? And what do you find fun in those games? And I'll try to like, oh, you really enjoy playing tanks and you really enjoy kind of being more defensive. Maybe you, you're going to like old him or Bravo. And they find that connection and that player identity with that character. And they have fun with it because it's fulfilling their player fantasy. Um, then getting good at the game will come with that because if they're having fun and they want more, they'll they'll look fine. They're and, and they may not even need that. I mean, they may not want that. 
and they're they're just perfectly happy playing the character that like connects with them and speaks with them. That's that's worked for me so far for getting casuals into the game. But PVE, which is hopefully coming soon, is definitely going to be a boon for that. I'm gonna you know you're gonna you're gonna see me disappear. I'm gonna hard pivot into PVE when that comes out. <laughs> I, I've I've thought that as well that PVE is because. I, I I guess kind of the way I look at it is that like if you want to if you want this game to be as successful as let's say uh, or be magic adjacent in in, in successfulness, um, well yes, there's the core grinders and pro scene and all that that do support the game, but a lot like so much of the the millions of of players who will buy a pack here or there are the EDH players and the things like that. And until we have something like that in Flesh and Blood, the reality is, is our game won't get that big. And I, PVE, to your point, is 100% what I've thought gives us the opportunity to get there. It, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see what we get. I'm, I'm hoping it's some sort of... Uh, have you ever played Gloomhaven? No. Pat? no no i'm uh, sorry nope. so gloomhaven was this i don't do a ton of, i don't do a ton of board games i'm sorry i know that's fair I, I i'm not a big board gamer but gloomhaven is one that's just give me, caught give me something else is there any, give me another another, like, another i guess reference. i guess the like i mean after that like i mean D D is my next uh, hope for like where that's, like yeah I, That's where like, I think it needs to be. And I, I think, but I think James White has already kind of paved that, that, that path. Like with each set where like the supplemental sets, yes, we're getting a lot of things, especially in, in Dynasty. Like I think we got things that are more competitively focused, but Everfest, we got all these things that I think a lot of people are like, this is dumb. What purpose does this serve? Like weird potions and trinkets and stuff. But then you think about like when you... Are, are playing an RPG you you know you, you go to the the market and you buy potions and trinkets that you need for your uh uh yeah ex- exactly yeah <laughs> Fino's Fino uh, for the viewers that can't see Fino's like flashing his cold foil uh potions and and I I think it's it, all that's paving Stonks. the all that's Stonks. paving the way towards uh <laughs> the day PVE comes out that's you, you can oh, retire I, I have I hundred percent expect PVE to kind of incorporate with that. Where like maybe when you start like a campaign, you can only equip iron equip iron rot, and you have to like yes, work your way up to right? finding your legendary it, armor, and it makes like you so much sense. You level up your character, and your deck gets better, and uh, like you work in a camp. Like Yoji is such an, a cool example of like a. A hero that's going to be like a, a healer support character. Like, there's so many things that are indicating that PVE really has this cool potential to just be this really in depth RPG while still being flesh and blood. And I'm. I just hope that it has like more than one way you can play it where like i if i want mm-hmm. to, I can do this sit down, have a long campaign. And I really want that. But I think what will be good for it for the longevity of the like it, it, its existence and also getting casual gamers in is it having some sort of i can pick up and do this in a short sitting for like 30 minutes with my friends just like hey we got some time to kill want to do a quickie type of pickup game one shot just a dungeon a dungeon crawl or something like that yeah arcade just, just mode some, 
something I can just have in my backpack. I we can we can oh we got some time to kill. I can fuck around and do this for a bit. And and it's not it's not a chore putting it away at the end. Oh, we gotta like record where we're at and everything. And no, no, we're if we're gonna sit down and do the long campaign, we do the long campaign. We want to just have a quickie. We can do that because that's also way more approachable for someone wanting to get in and just get their feet wet and try it. Because you can't expect like a brand new person to like sit down for three hours or four hours doing a long campaign. They're gonna be like, this is too much. I just want to try it. Yeah, and to to that point as well, uh, part of James White's mo is he wants to get people into the stores to play like amongst, uh, if you know, in the flesh and blood. And in order to do that, you need to be able to make it a way that you can come and go with it easily and digestively and like. Yeah, and I, the nice thing is like having a deck right off the bat. Having a deck, all you need is a deck and a piece of paper, and like to the recording point or something like that. You can just, uh, as the game goes, you just write down. I, I, I guess if if LSS is really even thinking steps ahead and like they've got a way to incorporate and like keep track of everything, hopefully they're like working on data tracking sheets of something, maybe even like a, a commemorative data pad that you can buy to play your could be an app could yeah, be an, an app. app an app would be yeah, really good yeah. um yeah something like that blood beyond if you're uh we've, we've got ideas if you're listening lss uh oh i have oh, tons hey. of pve ideas a pve podcast and waiting adam look at you coming alive are, are you are you ready to be my guest when i start up a uh, uh fab instead of game nights yeah do you do uh, the uh the pve game nights type of thing I told you, I'm going to be hard pivoting into PvE when that comes out. Like, I am an EDH player. Like, I am ready for this. <laughs> who, is, who is your who's your commander main in EDH? Um, depends which power level. So the store that we used to play at Seven. had, like, a really big community. And most of us brought things of all the different power levels. And we were very good about self-policing and bringing, like, hey, uh, odd person out that has, like, one deck what's your average level okay we're all gonna play at your level so we have an enjoyable experience uh, my favorite to play was a cedh Najila. um mm. i just i just enjoy uh Najila. i uh she's one of my favorites to play i you know kind of like prisms got the white weenie aspect of it go wide tokens that's one of the things that originally gravitated to me towards prism it's got all the tokens i can play um uh marchesa the uh the monarchy one that was one of my favorites to play because i enjoyed the sub game of the monarch mm-hmm. that was just a my I, I enjoy sub games again prism i enjoy sub games of uh, we're gonna play around auras <laughs> um i used to enjoy playing send triplets but then it got uh, unfun to play I, yeah you're a terrible person now Sorry. I, I took it apart. I took it apart. <laughs> <laughs> not acceptable in any power level. That that is one of the <laughs> one of the things that got me like out of magic was being unable to find that that uh that power level. But it, not only just that power level, that the type of game that I wanted to play, like I could not find. Flesh and blood, what it turns out to be that kind of game. Because I wanted uh I was a Eurico main. Uh, but I was like non-infinite combo, but like super heavy hitting haymaker with more interaction revolved around like destruction and not necessarily counter spells. And like 
to get that to get that philosophy shared with three other opponents and have like the game that I wanted, it was impossible. And it just came down. uh, It's it's been a minute. That's the blue black ninja, right? Yeah. Flip the top and uh, everyone loses uh, X life. Also great for large pods. If you have five, six, because that's what you need to do. I'll I'll try to kill everybody and make it quick. Um, The only large pod that I ever willingly took place of, because I hate large pods was we did, uh, a eight player two headed giant pod. But that was one of the quickest games I've ever played because it went three turn cycles. Oh. Just <laughs> someone, uh, it was one of those moments of, uh, oh, these cards shouldn't be on the table together this early into a game. Uh, oops, everyone's dead. <laughs> now, uh, let's circle back into Flesh and Blood. Uh, I do want to talk about how you've. Uh, your your journey here in high level competitive play in 2022, you you know you, we talked about how you've you've kind of started learning the game and, and and still playing at a high level. Uh, what kind of uh, what kind of structure has your has your competitive play had coming into 20 as this year has progressed in terms of uh, like are you part of it? Part of it, I know your name is tangential to a, a few different uh, different teams and entities like the Hyperloops and things like that. But what do you have a regimen here? Are you are you structuring your your practice and prep going to uh, to a high level event like like Worlds or Pro Tour Leal? Or are you are you just are you just fucking guns blazing here? I love a little bit guns blazing. When you hear chuckles, like, all right, all right, maybe, maybe he's just winging it. All right, <laughs> a little bit. Um, uh, so it's funny. Nationals is the worst I've ever done, mm-hmm. and I practiced for hours every day leading up to that. Uh, where at Lil, I literally didn't play the game for two weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Um. My... So, so you take it. That, that was a two week gap coming in, and that that is that can be like a benefit to to depending on how how you play, right? Like especially if you're going into, I liken it to. I, I know we can all relate to bodybuilding here, but <laughs> yeah. uh, in bodybuilding particular, right? like, you, you can you can uh, <laughs> yeah, I can <laughs> relate. <laughs> One of the things is you you can peak like two weeks out, and then you get a. a you got to kind of dial it down as you go, but you can not doing the work leading up to the tournament can, can actually be a benefit to you and mental rest and, and things of that nature. But were you, were you playing regularly? Like before that, you, yeah. before that gap, or are you, are you yeah. like an everyday kind of guy? Like how seriously do you take, do you practice with intent? Um, I mean, I do practice with intent. Like, you know, the, Oh, we're going to, I'm going to play to figure something out. Usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, as far as every day goes, not really because, um, you know, I don't play on TTS and prior to that, uh, Talishar was not something I was aware of. Mm-hmm. So was, I was playing the game as, uh, James White intended in the flesh and blood. <laughs> so I was only playing in person at armories or pro quests or road to nationals, not skirmishes. I don't go to skirmishes, not enough free tendies at those. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fair. Uh, Skirmish um, season so, one, there was lots of attendees. Oh. Season two was also good, I, th- I believe, if, if I'm right. Um, but now it's like, oh, the $30 promo for top eight? Eh. Mm. Blitz? Eh. 
Yeah, I, <laughs> I, it's a tough pill to swallow. I'm paying forty dollars into some of these uh, yeah. events and not coming out. Uh, can I, and... can I bitch for a second? Go ahead. Yeah. Holy shit! Uh, this had better not happen again. There were so many stores that I went to last season that like charged like an insane amount for entry fee for mm-hmm. the ProQuest and stuff or roads, and then put nothing into pricing. Yep. Just straight. Well, you you know you got this uh, cold foil that you're getting. I don't need to put anything in the prize, bro. That costs you nothing. Put right. money into the prizing. Yep. Quit yeah. being cheap. No, that's, yeah, how definitely... people, that's how people don't come back to your store. Yeah. Uh, I could. I feel that. Uh, because I know. I know we're we go to some of the same stores for some of these events and i know there's there's a couple of them for me right i no matter what it's like an hour drive wherever yeah. i go and yeah. you know and and even that you know it relatively speaking it's not that far but it's far enough where i can be irked by <laughs> by not getting and give me a participation prize I don't, I don't something be anything i don't even be fine if it was all door prizes i don't care put anything yeah. into the prizing Perfect. anything one of them charged just like 30 bucks for entry and it was cc so it's not even like oh it's like a sealed or a draft or something so like oh okay that makes sense you know money's got to go towards the packs that you're you're playing with and then literally nothing went into pricing so he just 100 percent profited everything and then there wasn't even anything in the store worth buying so it's like what how did the store even like get a thing like right how do you, whatever, how do you become a how do you become a uh was it lss uh, eligible store at that point, right? Yeah. Um, hey, so, so, sorry, side, side tangent. No. Oh, good, oh, good. <laughs> that, that actually that actually brings me to a, a, a side topic I wanted to to, uh, to bring up. We have. Did you, did you want to talk about the playtesting thing anymore? Uh, well, this uh, this might tie in a little bit to it. Um, you talked about cultivating the local scene in, in your area, uh, uh, specifically, but uh, across Northeast, we. There's there is a, a pretty strong showing. Right? I think the LGSs are a little far and few between, but the concentration of of quality player uh, seems to be pretty pretty good. Uh, Crazy. It, it, you're neck deep in this this stuff. It, it, compare the New England slash Northeast scene to the other competitive regions of Flesh and Blood. How how much how how well do they stack up uh, nationally? I mean, we have internationally. Like... I mean, we have like what, like 10, 15 people in like the top 100 ELO in the area. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, but like New England's like always been that case for like magic and stuff too, where it's always had this like density of really good players. Um, uh, I can't like really speak for all the other areas necessarily, like specifically, because like I'm not that researched in like where in the country every like person's mm-hmm. from. But right. just like, I mean, you just look at the leaderboard and you go through all the US players for like, all the different leaderboards and you're like how many of these are from new england that's crazy but i love that because it's just so much fun going to these um and just playing against all these like top players where it's like as hard as a calling sometimes um it's, at indie very difficult to play <laughs> at, at indie when um we went back to the hotel me and cody were joking that this the swiss at the calling was easier than like our locals because it's like back-to-back rounds of calling top eight people where it's mm-hmm. like, sure. Every round you're like, ah, shit, this person. Ah, shit, this person. Ah, sh- can I get one, one easy game? <laughs> <laughs> no, that it, it's true. It feels like there are no easy games. 
uh, in New England these days, especially once you get into the uh, things like the ProQuest level uh, event. Uh, you have a... I love it, though. It's so fun. It really, I mean, if you can if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, right? Um, you have uh, you have a a, a friend, a, a, a partner, a, a, a comrade in in James Silver, who at one time uh, was he had I feel like he had a thousand XP on the ninety day uh, uh, <laughs> going on there. Um, I just what what is. Uh, how is who is James Silver to you? And uh, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about your friend here. Uh, I mean, do you want him to say hi? Yeah, is he around? Yeah, sure. Hey, Jamie, you want to come over here and say hi? They're asking, uh, who who the fuck is James Silver? <laughs> <laughs> James Silver, welcome to the Combat Chain. How you doing? Hey, pretty good. Just. Sitting over there picking orders, listening to half a fucking conversation. He's got to turn the speakers on. Uh, I was just do you asking, want the echo? Do you want no, the do echo? Not turn the speakers on. We do, the we do not want the echo. All right. I well, James, since I have you, uh, we, we noticed that you were on the leaderboard, uh, uh, kicking ass all over the place. I know you guys, I was I was joking that you had about a thousand XP in the ninety day uh, at some point here. Uh, it was pretty close. Um, that, that was I think back when uh, I was talking about with Indy, where we're like twenty for XP. I think that was literally that. Well, where... I unlike him go to more armories and all the skirmishes, and then I win half of them. So, yeah, you go to like all the skirmishes. Yeah, like this weekend, I got like 30 XP because I won two back to back Dynasty weekend things. So. But then we also went to things on the weekdays. So we yeah. went to like four things this week. Yeah. We so. play a little bit of Fab. Yeah, a little, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Between the two of you, who, who, who wins more? Uh, you guys have to face off all the time. Who gets, who gets um, the best? Do, 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 do you have Living Legend points? I do. I have a lot of Living Legend So technically, Legend he wins more. Locally, I win. Like, if Joe Cologne doesn't go to something, I win. (laughs) (laughs) Our win rate into Joe is like 10, 20%. But we always bring the deck he just auto wins into. So it's usually just we sit down. It's not even a competition of skill. It's just, oh, uh, paper versus rock. Okay. Good, good game. Um, I have living legend points, whatever. I haven't topped as many things. I just got top 64 worlds. He scrubbed out, you know. He did. He certainly did, and you did not. Uh, congratulations for that's your second top sixty-four. Uh, yeah, if, if I top sixty-four New Jersey as well. Yeah, that does bring. You know what? Well, if if I can steal you for for one more moment, uh, we'll, I'm gonna skip around a little bit. So, right, we've just concluded. There's a couple battle battle hard in Philly, battle hard, and I think Hong Kong will conclude 2022. Uh, James, while I have you, 2023. What's that? What's that look like to you competitively? Uh go to every event in the u.s that's not a battle hardened that's like bigger than about like all the calling at least all the stuff that's like reasonable flying distance yeah where's my goddamn battle hardened worcester like we give me something give me something here give me a a calling boston give me a calling providence something in the area fireball or uh star city but they would have an event every year for magic Mm -hmm. in worcester like we could fucking walk to it what why aren't they doing that for Fab? So. That is a very good question. 
Yeah. Oh, probably because it's uh, Channel Fireball doing most of the events, not Star City. Whatever, man. Star well, City. Star is usually City good. was running. Uh, Star City is is was running the ran the last battle hardened, and uh, yeah. I mean they have their hand in in tournaments. Uh, Star there, City but... did your guys's nationals, I think, this year. They also did indie. Like they'll do stuff. Yeah. But it's not like like the they like, hate not... New England. They're based at fucking Virginia, and they just won't confirm hate New England. Yeah, we had that one event during the last competitive season that was in like Syracuse. And that was yeah. when we went to uh, store up in Maine. But it was, hmm, go to a sealed event for Uprising. That sounds like a horrible time. And then double it up with, uh, like, maybe one ProQuest or RTN. Whatever. Yeah, we went to two RTNs that weekend. In- yeah, like, it was, like, bad EV. And then all eight players that topped that played Seal 5, Sealed 5, which I was like, yep, bad. Uh, we already knew that was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but like if that was in Worcester, I wouldn't have thought about it. Yeah. Well, we could have also still done a, a roads at the same time. Yeah. Because it was a Saturday Sunday where we did two different roads. Yeah. So we could have gone to the Battle Hardened on one day and then. Yeah. But other than that, like I don't know. I like I want to travel. But we did so much traveling. Yeah. This year, this like past. Three yeah, that months. killed the bank account. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Right. right. So it's a tough question to ask. Like, like, like is it sustainable though? I mean, is the hobby is I, I top aided Lil and we lost money on traveling. Yeah. Because yeah. like I got like what three K from for cash from that, and mm-hmm. the the flights were like what like twelve hundred round trip each, something like that. But we yeah, were also there right. for. But, but no, no, no. Yeah. just just like let's just take the cost of like the four or five days we would be we would theoretically be there. Yeah, it's like you know twenty four hundred for the two of us to go, plus all the hotels and food and Ubers and stuff like that. Like it was so much money. Yeah. So like, and I I played in Pokemon Worlds the weekend before Lil in London. So we like went an extra week, and I went five one two and somehow didn't make fucking day two. Like that's ridiculous. That is um, tough. That is tough. Yeah, I went five three day one at Worlds and topped that. So like at Fab. Yeah. So. Oh well. Have, are there any other trading card games, James, that you have reached the highest level at this year? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Force of will. Yeah. Got it. Force of will guy. All right. Yeah. Force of will TCG. I went to Worlds in 2018. Banner. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Only they can see it. Oh, yeah. Okay. No. Uh, so that's why I pushed you out of the way yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So this is three card games now. I've gone to world. Oh, yeah. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. All right. All right. We're we're off the rails. James, we'll have to have you on uh, on your own uh, one of these days coming up soon, uh, and so that we don't have to, you don't have to share the the limelight with this guy over here. Uh, but thank you, thank you for appearing onto the. Cast. Get out of here! Uh, go back to. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> go back to picking commons. All right, uh, we're back. We're back on the rails. Thank you for bringing James <laughs> James onto 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 the pod. Surprise guest. Um, there is a vicious blood feud brewing between yourself and Michael Hamilton uh, and Roger Bodie from the Manor Cast. Uh, tell me. Tell me what they did to earn your ire. How much do you hate them? And uh, uh, Bodie asks, how does he plan on improving uh, his matchups against Michael and Roger in 2023? I wake up in a cold sweat every night 
thinking about that natty fused Rambo Oaken off the top. Just <laughs> never gotten a good night's sleep since. <laughs> um, uh, uh, well, is it, you, you obviously have, uh, um, you've had the opportunity to play him a few times now. I said, you had mentioned uh, in social media, you're, you're one and one against yeah. the world champ. Um, so at Indy, I played uh, Michael once in Swiss and once in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, beat him in Swiss finals. Uh, I entered the game. <laughs> and then um, Roger, I played in the first round of day two at uh, was it Charlotte? I, I forget the place now. Um, That's that was Charlotte. Yeah. Um, What I need for both of them is to get uh, better sleep and to be able to play better earlier in the day because I I was not fully awake for both of those games. I was I played a terrible game against Roger. I felt bad. I kept um, I didn't I didn't bring uh, AB and he was playing uh, Bolander. Yeah, and I kept pitching to AB and then looking down at the board and going, I don't have AB. I'm going to put that card back in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a sad moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 rough for me because um, we have like a backward sleep schedule. We um, I go to bed at like 3 a.m. and then wake up at like noon. Just like that's mm-hmm. my natural. Like I'm a night person. Um, so all of these tournaments, mm-hmm. it's so I'm rough waking up this early course. in the morning. Yeah. Uh, California has been the first tournament I've ever gone to where it was actually on my sleep schedule. I was like, oh, I don't have to change what I'm doing. The time zone difference lines up perfectly. It was enough that you're back back on the saddle. Excellent. Excellent. So I scrubbed out instead. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hope I can play them more. They're both great people. Um, I'm having a, a, a great time with Roger at all. So we're, we're becoming uh, new friends because our names are close uh, alphabetically for the last name. So we mm-hmm. always sit near each other for the players meeting. Hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, I've, I've noticed <laughs> that you, you kind of you, there's a there's kind of a camaraderie in the players meeting tables. Uh, the more of these that uh, we go to, it's it is alphabetically. It's always going to be like the same group. So you sit down and hey, yeah. hey, guys. Hey, all right. Nice to nice to see you again. I mm-hmm. uh, hope I never run into you during the event. Uh, kind, of, <laughs> kind of deal. So, so t- tell me about some of these uh, some of these highlights. Uh, you 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 went to World. You went to Lil. Uh, what has been the, the non non card playing playing like highlight of of your of your career in 2022 uh, so far? Not counting my Ira Welcome Deck game with Jacob. Yes, because <laughs> that was definitely a highlight. That is a good point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. God. Um. And just, getting... I mean, not to put the pressure on you, just, I just share no, some I'm of just... your your travel experiences with us. Honestly, a lot of my best moments were game adjacent, like mm-hmm. just games that led to great stories. Like um, I had a great one with uh, uh, I think his name is Josh Lau, um, the the Dory guy. Yep. Um, there is. We, we had a uh, guest on the pod. Funny guy. Um, I had a great moment with him in one of our games. Um, we we had an audience, and then we had a great moment during the game, and the whole audience started going crazy. 
um, because he was playing to like a one outer off of a, a glint and then he hit the one outer and then he's like, oh my God, I can win the game. And then I just said, no, it doesn't matter. I have another sink below an arsenal and it just, you just, oh, oh. and oh, it was, it was that, a great moment. Where was that in Charlotte? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I think you I probably, heard. if you were there, you heard it. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Definitely heard that. Heard that happen. Uh, three judges came over and yelled at us to shut up because we were so loud. <laughs> <laughs> Fun second judges. Um, the uh, Fab Unsealed stream that was super awesome. Getting to open a box of Alpha. Uh, if you guys haven't, uh, viewers haven't seen that, go check out Fab Unsealed. Um, and just talking to all the people that were opening because he had a lot of interesting people. Um, yeah, getting to hang Jacob, out with uh, Jacob Bertrand, I believe, right? I'm sorry, what was uh, that? Jacob Bertrand? I believe was was uh, uh, floating around in there as well, right? Um, so. In the unsealed hawk from Cobra Kai. Oh yes, he um, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got long hair in real life. He doesn't have a full mohawk. Yeah, he was definitely. I do recall it. The only I had no idea who he was. I I didn't know he was quote unquote famous. I'm standing next to Tyler Broaden, and Tyler's like, "Do you know who that is?" And I'm like, "No." And he's like, "It's such the, a... the Paramore guy." Say again. Is that the Paramore guy, the singer guy, or whatever? No, no, no. Uh, Cobra Kai, the Netflix show. <laughs> Ralph Macchio, the Karate Kid, the Next Generation, Karate Kid. A spiritual sequel. It's got Ralph Macchio. <laughs> it's, it's, oh God! Oh God! Really? <laughs> I'm not to Google oh, this no. later. I'm I'm bad with names. I'm bad with names. Oh okay. Oh, how about the Karate Kid, 1984. I, I know. Class, I know the original Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So, long story short, they made uh, they made Cobra Kai, which is a spiritual sequel in uh, that was in YouTube uh, starting in 20. 19 2020 uh that shifted over to netflix but it focuses on johnny lawrence the antagonist of the first karate kid movie as an adult trying to revitalize his home dojo of cobra kai uh mm. one of the one of the uh upcoming students in the cobra kai dojo uh is is a a, a, a fighter in uh, that is played by jacob bertrand uh, in in real life, so he's he's a uh, he, he mostly a EDH guy. Uh, actually, they they hang around uh, the command zone guys uh, a lot. But it was so it was very interesting to see somebody uh, coming over to the flesh and blood side of things and seeing uh, poking their head in uh, there. Hope we get more of those. Hopefully, uh, maybe uh, Olivia will do some uh, content for the. Right, I think it would be nice to have some. <laughs> I'd like the people who have the preview cards of a high-profile kind of jump in a little bit. <laughs> I feel like I feel like when they show their preview in the middle of an EDH game and then move on with their lives, it's a little. It's wait, a little wait for sad. PVE. Wait for PVE. I feel like there's a lot. You guys had a nice chat about uh, PVE. I, I feel like there is a ton riding on it being good uh, for for everybody uh, it, it, it kind of has to be like right like but how how large is is the specter that looms over the execution here of pve because realistically what we're uh, what we're talking about is is you know the the game of flesh and blood has been sustained in the competitive player base but you need the casual crowd in order to scale up right and magic was successful with that and they 
they they went so far they got into the black hole and and now they're <laughs> according to uh bank of america they're, yeah, they're on their way that down report. that's hilarious <laughs> I, I think but, it just needs to be good enough because like board game players in general are like usually willing to try anything yeah play whatever and then like a lot of edh players it's not it's not about the game it's about spending time with their friends and socializing and it's it's a backdrop it's like an excuse to hang out and play the game itself doesn't actually matter, at least in my experience, a lot of EDH players and like, you know, they care about EDH, but like it's 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 really about the the the, the spending time with friends. So like, you know, if all of their friends were playing PVE, they'd probably be like, you know, peer pressure. I guess I'll play, too. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a more user friendly experience, not having to worry about your uh, your your opponent's alpha cold foils uh, lining up on their equipment slots um all right moving moving on uh, we're going to keep going down here uh i'm just going to lead it in with uh our next community question uh from darth prentice greg uh asks fino's been dipping his toes in podcasting as a co-host on attack for 20 love to know how uh they've enjoyed that and what they've learned as a podcast host um i've learned that i really enjoy podcasting uh i, I, got, hey, I, I enjoy just do i love talking about the game mm-hmm. um i don't know if i've learned anything specifically about host i'm just talking this is no different than yeah. normal just I'm, I'm not this is just how i am normally um so like i've learned that uh i think i wanted to start my own podcast at this point i um i guess a little spoiler for anyone that's uh watching this i, I i'm working on doing this um so i saw mashi so many times at worlds that it made me nostalgic for uh top eight mtg um so i think i want to start a top eight fab uh youtube segment uh mm-hmm. bring bring it back uh i yeah. got a place set up to do it already i need to get uh the the fake or dead tree to go in the middle uh any any old fans of Steel Humphrey. Uh, we're going to have Arclight Humphrey. It's going to be a Christmas tree. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, hopefully it'll be nostalgic. Cause, like This game's like really geared towards like uh, old Magic players, so hopefully a lot of people mm-hmm. will remember that from the old days. Um, that actually kind of that, that brings us into my next question. I, I, I am uh, content. You're 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 aspiring to open a podcast. You have uh, video aspirations. You already have uh, a relatively substantial following on YouTube. Um, before my time, I don't know what you were doing with that, but apparently you got you got three thousand subscribers on your on your YouTube. Are you leveraging that existing audience into into the new content sphere? And is there is there uh, plans beyond the top eight and and the podcast coming into into the near future here? Oh, I, I want to try going into full time content if I can. You know, again, I'm just mm-hmm. every day doing this game. So mm-hmm. like whatever, I'll, if I can do that, I will like I enjoy that. I used to enjoy doing that a lot. Um, I've been I've been meaning to do it sooner, but like we've had so many back to back major tournaments that I haven't had time to like sit down and do that. It's like, would I rather practice or work on a video? You know, mm-hmm. um, that that number is Fugazi though. It's all old subscribers from when I was a an old guard YouTuber back in the day. Most of those people don't watch anymore. Um, what, what were you doing? 
uh, Yu-Gi-Oh videos. Oh, all right. Oh, is that was is that your your old competitive card game? Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. yeah. Don't watch those videos. They're bad. <laughs> <laughs> I want the views, but not that bad. They're cringe. <laughs> um. Excellent. Excellent. Um. Let's talk about I, I I have gone all over the place here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out where where I'm gonna go uh, next here. Um, I think to to round out a flesh and blood uh, competitive conversation after the content, because that's how logical structure of conversation works. Um, I'm gonna ask okay, you, you. you. You found just just go with it. I said it, I think I said it confidently. Okay, I believe um, you. <laughs> you found so you you have found an incredible amount of success at all of the competitions so far in Flesh and Blood. What what has been the major factor that you believe has contributed to a sustained high level of play uh, for this long so far? Uh, I think it was just like I had honed my craft with prism honestly like I, I was a prism one trick um i don't know it's not like i don't think i am anything i'm solidly average but um i think that as time goes on like it's going to be one of those moments where you look back and you're like wow i can't believe these players were the best at that time like People are just going to eclipse the current player level of good players. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't think I'm anything special. I, um, I think I was just very good at Prism. Like I understood mm -hmm. how to play the sub game and how to punish my opponent when they made a mistake. And Prism's like a deck that really punishes mistakes yeah. or missteps. Like, oh, you weren't allowed to have a single turn of whiffing the go again. Now you lost the game on the spot. Um, there really isn't a deck like that right now that like punishes, and I, I enjoy playing Punisher decks. Um, like Icelander kind of does, but not in the same way. The game yeah. doesn't snowball off of, of a single punishment usually. It's like mm -hmm. it snowballs into I dealt another four to eight damage. Um, <clears throat> now that Prism's Prism's gone, I know you played Dromai at Nationals. Uh, are you, are you sticking with Illusionist or? Where where are you putting all your marbles currently? Dash looks like a lot of fun if the mech thing works. No one at the Battle Harden was playing the mech, which uh, breaks my heart. But mm -hmm. it looks like a lot of fun, and I, I kind of want to try that out. Um, I just want to scream every round, Get in the mech, Dash! Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably uh, Dash, place, Dash but, did, uh, did win. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, the but, they but they weren't but they weren't playing the mech so it wasn't no, really no, no no they were very it was a very 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 clean looking aggro boost yeah uh, less leveraging uh harpoons and i believe jump stars and crankshafts i don't think well. the, the reality is is knowing the blitz format and knowing what knowing like even looking at like prism's difficulty with playing auras and blitz like just with the, the I, I have a feeling the mech requires using your life as a resource to set up to some extent and I just don't Blitz. know if that's doable in Blitz. Blitz. Or was the was the Battle Hardened CC? Yeah. yeah. Ah, CC. Oh, okay. Well, it, yeah. I'm just gonna <laughs> foot in mouth. 
Redacted. Well, redacted. <laughs> uh, no, uh, the uh, battle hard in Philly was uh, won by a, uh, a Rose Smith, who is a, a bud. Uh, where we're, we're tangential buds uh, uh, in the uh, buds Discord. Uh, Rosie's a big presence there. So congratulations to them uh, on the victory there. Um, Yes, round of applause for Rosie. Uh, cleaning house on Dash. Uh, Fino Dynasty has been released. We were talking a little before off the air. You're not really interested in much going on in the set. Tell me, tell me why that is. I mean, I'm not really interested in many of the decks in the game right now. Um, I don't like the current design space of things. It feels like um, since this, like past format uh after like the bands and everything that happened um of like prism ll it mm-hmm. feels like the game's really just evolved into presenting the most numbers on cards possible like the game's always technically been that but it just feels like every it, like flipping over the top say 25 cards of your deck or whatever and just adding up the numbers and that will sometimes be who wins the game and i don't feel like that's interesting like like you're playing Icelander, it's just like, okay, how many eights do I get to attack with? How many times do I get to block six or whatever? Just add up the numbers, and that that's okay. I won the game. It's 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 obviously deeper than that and more than that. But like the moment to moment gameplay feels like that a lot of the time, where it's just like you look at your hand and you're like, yep, block for six, attack for eight. That's more than their number. Um, that's kind of boring to me. I don't feel like there's as many impactful turn-to-turn decisions being made as there were before. I can't really pinpoint why it feels that way. Um, And that could have always been that way. Like, I was playing Prism, so, like, it never Mm -hmm. feels that way. Like, the math of your cards is just so weird. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, the game's always been that, but we had, like, way more value things going on, way more synergy and combos. So mm-hmm. like you're like trying to set up things and do specific lines. Um, and then like, that's not what's going on right now. Like you play five, you're just like, yep, here's all my zero for threes, maybe a one for four. And then like, okay, cool. I found the art of war. That's the only card in the deck that matters. Um, where like before you had like these crazy high synergy rounds that would happen you're playing like a viscerai or something. And you're playing for that. You're like, okay, here's my 30 damage round. Mm-hmm. nothing else mattered other than this um i don't know it just it feels very uninteresting to me right now i, I don't i don't want to just play numbers on cards i want to like have interesting interactions between things i'm probably going to go back to dromai for a while because it's the only thing that like feels like something more than just numbers on cards what would uh what kind of design space would would pique your interest uh outside of if if it's not here already, what where, where would you like the game to go for you to kind of get out of bed and be like, hey, all right. I mean, I think the game is balanced right now, and that's like part of why it's not interesting. Like it's too balanced, which might change with the new set. Like I haven't like really watched the new set yet. Um, but so I'll tell you what's so interesting about your your thoughts here is that I feel like it is. Uh, a divergent opinion from what I, from what the general consensus, uh, at least I, I've I've heard, is uh, uh, in its 
it is intriguing as all shit here to to hear you actually say these <laughs> words because <laughs> it really it seems like it seems like you're the one out of ten. You know what I mean? There's the nine out of ten people think it's it's in a great spot right now, but here we are. The game is in a great spot right now. It mm-hmm. is balanced. Does that lend itself to a good gaming experience? Experience like mm-hmm. if everyone's playing a fair game, then is that interesting? You you need a bit of the the balancing factor sometimes of someone trying to break the game and then you playing to stop them from breaking the game. And then, you know, sometimes the rock, paper, scissor is a good thing. It lends itself mm-hmm. to interesting games where we're, we're all playing different game plans. It feels like everyone is playing some form of the same game plan right now. And if we're, we're all just playing French vanilla versions of the same game plan, is that interesting? It's balanced as shit, but is that interesting? Um, I don't find that interesting. Like it'd be like playing magic and we're only playing two, two bears. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that's, that's not interesting. Um, you're running the bear commander. <laughs> and my... <laughs> now, now, we have, now we have bear synergy. Now we're now, yeah, we're, uh-huh. now, it's, now it's a French vanilla bear. Now it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do fair, feel like fair. There, there probably is like a when it comes to like flesh and blood design. There's probably this like little knob, and like on the far right of the knob, the the setting is chess, and on the far left, the setting is I don't know. What's uh uh what's the most yeah, ridiculous analogy, game chess. you could think yeah. of? Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because Yu-Gi-Oh does ridiculous chess or shit. Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, and, <laughs> and we were going like we were going towards Yu-Gi-Oh, and then James was like, "Whoa, we got to turn the knob to the right," and so now we've gone more towards chess. And some people love it, and some people don't love it so much. And then the, maybe now that we're through Dynasty, like we've got in Dynasty, we've gotten the tail end of this design space. Now uh, the knob's probably going to be turned a little more towards the Yu-Gi-Oh side again, and. We're gonna ride that wave, and eventually we'll find this happy medium in the middle. I hope. Yeah. I I I was been talking about this for the past couple of weeks with my group of friends. Uh, I think actually what would have fixed it was uh, belittle going away, which is probably like not what people would immediately think. Because like, oh, belittle's gone. Ice is gonna be too powerful. Yes, that's in my opinion that's the level one of it. If you remove Belittle, the aggro decks can no longer just ignore Ice doing its Ice thing. Then Ice would uh, overtake the aggro decks. But then if it's just an Ice meta, then that lends itself very well to people playing more mid-rangey style decks that can outvalue a control deck. Because a control deck typically gives up value for uh, interaction and control. Like, oh, if I'm going to give you a Frostbite, I lose out on damage on my card effect. Um, Where if you're playing against someone that's just playing a fair game and they're just presenting numbers on cards, they don't care about the interaction. They're just going to punch you in the face anyways. The Frostbite was never material. Um, The aggro decks existing, like Phi, really push out these mid-range decks from being able to function, which turns it into like a just a rock and paper meta of you're either playing hyper aggro with belittle or you're playing ice decks that are trying to stop the hyper aggro deck. And there's really no room for anything else in between, you know, looking at the calling, you may disagree from, um, with like Reinar winning and such, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. Uh, it's always weird looking at callings when you're looking at a major event in a major event where it's like, okay, world is going on and callings going on. 
those metas can get weird. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Because, like, you know, you got basically the people that are playing that are ones that drop from world. So maybe it's a weird meta for that. Um, not to take away. It's just like that. that's always like a consideration. Uh, no, absolutely. Right. I mean, we, we, we talk about we talk on here a lot about how uh, when you're preparing, if you're preparing for that high level event. Right. If you if you take those early losses. Uh, in the rounds and you submarine in you're you're testing might go right out the window because you're in the weird you're you're in the weird parts now right yeah you can also get that off book yeah yeah. yes yep (laughs) you also get that though at things like worlds and national draft first and i actually have more of a problem with that i think it needs last because when you have draft first it doesn't self-correct pushing people out of the metagame that don't belong there and then you'll you'll have someone go three zero and draft, but just bring this pile of shit deck that like has no business there. Mm-hmm. And then they play against someone that like you know, and by all rights they they were probably favored to win the entire event. And then they just play against some random nonsense, and they're like, "What the hell is this?" And then they just get crushed because they face some random bullshit. Um, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you get the you get, right the the anti meta deck through obscurity more than uh, uh, necessarily prepping for uh, for what's going on there. All right, let's see what I got going on here. Uh, I feel like I'm barely hanging on. Uh, I think we that really <laughs> covers in. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I have been. Uh, this is this is just a, a rant for myself. Uh, my work has picked up like tremendously, right? So I'm also I'm also a dad. I've been burning the candle on both ends for way too long, and it's been showing up for weeks. So I apologize to everyone who's listening. My stammer is is super bad right now because I'm constantly tired, and there's just no there's no way around it. It happens when I get I I have. I stammer and uh, it gets worse and uh, my focus is also uh, lost when I get uh, get tired and there's just it's either that or quit the pod for for a time being and we're not doing that so uh, you get you get me uh, just rickety rickety uh, on on the rails and and uh, seeing where seeing where we go here so I do appreciate everyone's patience uh, didn't even notice continuing oh i <laughs> i noticed it so fucking much <laughs> on the on the, i i re-listened to to every episode and i i just oh, i hate myself oh, when, you, when, you, when you re-watch your own content you're just you're always going to be over but it's going to be where and now that I, no, no one's going to notice until right now and now they're going to be like what what's he talking about that <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then also, if, if through your sacrifice, everybody gives us one extra listen. I am. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or one right. Extra there we view. go. There we go. Hey, listen for the substance, and then listen for uh, all the weird quirks uh, in my vocal tics. Uh, there. All right. That with that being exactly. said, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> with that being said, I think we can. I think we can call it call it a wrap here uh, before I really just jump off the deep end. Um, Fino Black, thank you so much for coming on to the pod. Uh, it has been a pleasure, and this is your opportunity here to plug whatever the hell you going on. Where can we find you? Shout out the link, shout out your handles, do it all. First of all, thanks for having me. Uh, I'd love to come on again sometime. Um, it's been a pleasure talking with you, boys. Um, my Twitter, my my everything is just fucking Fino or Fino Black. Twitter, YouTube, that's like mostly what I use. Um, 
follow me on Twitter for the memes. Follow me on YouTube if you want some like analytical game content stuff. Um, I am going to be, like I said, trying to do some podcasty things. I want to start doing um, some segments too on teaching the game on an intermediate level. It's I kind of had that thought like uh, a number of months ago where I'm like, I just keep repeating myself to all these new players, telling them like all these like different things of, of my teaching to them. And I should just put it in video form instead of like all the different things that I teach. So I'm probably gonna be doing that at some point of like, not the basics of how to play the game. They're like, okay, you, you got the basics down. What's the next level of how to understand turn cycles, pitch stacking, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, that work in progress to that'll that'll be coming out, uh, some point in the near future. Don't hold me to that though. Uh, but yeah, YouTube, Twitter, Fino, Fino Black. I, I did mean to ask ask you, Fino Black is such an interesting name. Where where does that, where, what is the country of origin here? What is it? It's it's just a username I made a long time, and it just uh, stuck. It's not is, my real name. What is Fino's real name? Are you comfortable sharing? Uh, if you care, you can just check my Facebook. Ah, okay. All right, all right, all right. All right. I, don't, I don't like going by my real name, so that's fair. That's fair. It's fair not, enough. It's not, it's not a, it's not a big deal. I just I don't care for it. Why would you let someone else choose your username in life? <laughs> that is so that's so good. I, I've been trying to get my my wife to call me Pat Smash Good uh, for some time now. I I think we're rounding the bases here. She's starting to to come around. Uh, love you, Ashley. All right, time for the. I just one of my one of my friends. His username on Twitter was a uh, Nikki. I just call him that in every interaction. I <laughs> the, mic, the mic cut out right as you said it so we didn't actually i didn't hear it you actually it, it was censored his username was that inappropriate <laughs> it did it did it cut out it cut out right on the punchline nikki d vgc <laughs> excellent excellent i just call him that in all interactions that's fair i wish uh, there's so many uh there's so many discord users that like talk to on a regular basis that if i walked up to them i would i would have no idea i could not pick them out of the lineup they could introduce me introduce themselves as whatever name and if i don't hear that discord handle i have no no idea who you are i wish i wish we could go to these events with name tags that just says hi i'm pat slash right discord username so i would appreciate that greatly because i can't retain names or faces that I, I, it is such a problem for me People introduce themselves to me six times, and I'll be like, "I still don't remember, bro. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. stupid. Well, <laughs> I'm just stupid." Well, and, and it really is. I, I, I get. I am the same way. I, that was I actually, can't do. Actually, something we did at Canadian Nats Year One was we all introduced ourselves with our Discord handles, and like we had these, we had the little paper name tags that we, so we wrote down our Discord handles. So it was just everybody was going around and like, "Oh, you're so." Ins-. It was it was hilarious. It's like real names didn't matter it was based off just yeah. how we all knew each other then you get people like uh you people trying to abuse it you get like matt w changing his name to whatever the hell's on the top of the gem leaderboards there screwing everybody up uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> all right okay that was a funny meme <laughs> enough enough all right we're, we gotta wrap it up here uh the combat chain 
Combat Chain is on YouTube. You can find us if you search Combat Chain. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, and click the bell notification to know when the latest episode is uploaded. We have recently moved our podcast hosting platform. Uh, we were on Buzzsprout. We moved it to RSS. And while we do that, we're working out the kinks to make sure we are still available wherever you choose to stream your podcasts. Uh, the best way to support us is through our Patreon. You can find us at www.patreon.com backslash the combat chain and can, and can subscribe to us there. It is a single tier and it helps us tremendously to keep the lights and mics up and running. We'd love to shout out our patrons uh, here. Uh, Clark J, Eugene C, Devin, Tyquius, and Arcfire, thank you very much for your support. And you can find us on Twitter, of course. Uh, the channel's handle is at the combat chain. You can find me at Pat Smash Good, and you can find Adam at Fontoulery TCG. Now, Fino, we have one more piece of business before we uh, call it a day here. Uh, every can I, just, can I just go open my packs already? Oh my god, what do you want now? I'm sorry, <laughs> I know. I it's, it's it's like the the fade to black, and then the encore, and then the fade, and then the encore. Um, we close out every podcast with a, a simple phrase, and we'd like you to join in uh, in that. Uh, I am going to say, until next week. And we're all going to say in unison, uh, in perfect harmony, we're closing the combat chain. Is that something you can do with us? Of course. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Thanks again to Fino Black for joining uh, the combat chain this week. We really appreciate having you on. And Adam, I think that is going to do it for us here. So until next week, we're closing the combat chain. Closing the combat chain. We, that's good enough. Good that, enough. That's, good okay. Okay. That's, that's one of the the charm. The, the beauty Every, and the charm of it is like yep. just it's one it take. Unfold. That's it. <laughs> no backsies. On three or after three, doesn't matter. We're we're rolling with it, and that's it. We're good. Cut. You know, thanks so Cut. much, man. Wrap. Thank you.